Okay, so I don't know a lot about runners, even though I ran a little track, but yes, what I do know is that high school. I ran track in high school. I ran a little hurdles. That I mean, but when I went and of course I Googled you. And so once I started to Google all the things that you had won, I was like, okay, so I didn't even run track in high school. That's what I came to the conclusion. Like I was not, <laughs> I was not a track runner because when I look at what you've done, coming out of St. Louis, like you've been winning for a long time, but let's just start in the beginning. Did little Colleen know that you were going to be a, 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 a runner? Like, what was that like? Like, when did you realize that this was your passion? Not at all. Yeah. And I want to know the same thing for you. Like, did you always <laughs> think you're going to be in the WNBA? Because I always think that's interesting. But for me, not at all. I thought um, for a while I played soccer and I did dance. And maybe I thought that I would be a dancer. Um, but I actually didn't start running track until freshman year of high school. Um, and so, yeah, and I was actually, I was doing some modeling at the time too. And so in high school, I saw that you modeled in high school, like what? So wait, what kind of modeling did you do? Um, I had a small agency in St. Louis where I grew up and then I had an agency in New York called Wilhelmina Models. Um, and so I had, yeah. No ma'am, called the Wilhelmina Models. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. Only Wilhelmina. <laughs> I guess you might know of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a really weird high school experience. I missed probably like 30 or 40 days a semester to go to New York or like, I don't know, we got to go to some cool places like Mexico or like Turks and Caicos or just like mm. Paris, like fun places that I had never dreamed of going to before. My parents are both teachers. Um, and so we didn't take like oh. vacations like that when I was little. So it was really cool to go places that, yeah, I had never like dream and so you were like doing campaign like you were modeling like it wasn't you know how like yeah. I mean I'm not no offense to anybody but you know how like there's a lot of models out there now and so yeah. but you were actually really going places and before like and like Instagram models like I was yeah <laughs> no you're like a model model like that's like crazy and yeah. high school, so then you just kind of like what were you doing like what kind of kid like what was the dopest like campaign oh, or thing you did modeling um, I don't know. So I went to an all girls Catholic high school, like plaid skirt, mm -hmm. collared shirt, like didn't shave our legs all week until the weekend because we never saw boys. <laughs> like Britney Spears, oops, I did it again, outfit like all the way. <laughs> that was me, Nary Paul. St. Louis is weird. We have a lot of all boys and all girls Catholic high schools, um, really okay. strong Irish Catholic roots. <laughs> um, uh -huh. So anyway, yeah, we, uh, um, I don't know. I've traveled around doing all kinds of fun stuff and then I would go back to school. So I would show up in like 17 magazine or like glamour magazine and the kids at school would like have it when I got back, you know, like I would, they would like bring it to school or whatever. You were a celebrity in school. <laughs> well, I don't know that it really helped the whole like girls, you know, making oh, yeah. in high school thing, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's crazy okay so you were a model and then yes. you were also really good well you started running when you were a freshman did you realize you were good right away did people like notice right away you were good or did it take time kind of so my dad actually was my coach in high school which turned out to be super clutch mm. because he um he was just an amazing coach he really had 
like long-term goals, you know, in mind and wasn't pushing me too too fast, too early and really let me develop and like have fun with the sport and not put too much pressure on me um, when I was young. So I think that was super key and helped me kind of develop naturally. So I wasn't, you know, winning the state meet my freshman year. I did end up winning my senior year, but it was, you know, it's like a trajectory to get there. Um, It wasn't, you know, you became player of the year, your senior year as well. You got like all the accolades, your senior year, you got them all. (laughs) And so then you, you realized that you could go to school for this, right? And you went to FSU. And so tell me right. about what that is like, because I mean, I'm an athlete as well. And so getting a scholarship, that's like, all right, I get to take this hobby. Cause in high school, it's really just a hobby for us. We have fun with it, but then you get to take it to the next level. What was that like getting that scholarship? Yeah, it was definitely not the plan, I would say. Um, I thought, you know, with all this glamorous, like, trips to New York and stuff, I thought I was going to move to New York when I graduated and live in a model apartment with, you know, other women and Uh make a bunch of money and become famous. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you were on that track. I mean, honestly, I mean, it's not, it's not like you had the wildest dreams ever. I mean, that dream was just basically continuing what you were already doing. Yeah, and I did have a lot of people in my life that were like in my modeling life that were telling me that mm-hmm. I should do that and like kind of pushing me yeah. that way. Um, but I also cool. had this other kind of voice in my head saying, what about this other path, you know, where you could accept the scholarship? I had a coach at Florida State, Karen Harvey, who was offering me a full ride to come run for her. They had just placed second in the NCAA in cross country as a team the year before. So the number two team in the country. And she's like, yeah. I'm going to give you a ride. And when she comes to Florida State, I'm going to teach you how to do the steeplechase, which is an event on the track I had never done before. And yep. she's like, you know, she's like all in on me. And I was just like, whoa, like, <laughs> I didn't make, like, I didn't plan for this. I don't know. And so I had to like make this really big decision my senior year. But, you know, after my freshman year, I remember having this moment sitting in the dorm with my freshman roommate, rewarded and I was just like god I thank god I'm here right now like this is I really so that's what I was going to ask yeah as soon as like even first semester I was just like I'm in the right place I could not be happier and I had zero regrets about making that decision and yeah ever since then I felt like not like dodged a bullet because I think it could have been good too but I know that it was just the right thing for me personally to do and And then, yeah, four years after that, I, I guess five years after that, I qualified for the Olympic games in 2016. Come on now. Yeah. Then I was really like, thank God, you You know, like decision, but you know, honestly, I mean, you probably could have been a supermodel obviously too, but I'm glad that you feel that you made the right decision in the sense of it's all mattered in what you wanted to do. So let's talk about, I mean, we skipped FSU where you blew out the record books and you did everything amazing there, but like you did, we just kind of jumped to the Olympics, but let's talk about it though, because being an Olympian, I mean, it's something that I've never done in my lifetime. It's not a lot of people get that type of recognition, get to that level. What is a normal day like? Because I follow you on social media. So I see you running all over the place all the time. Like, and I just saw you post, like you post the most dramatic photos of yourself after your workout. 
Yeah, what is Actually, a day just today, I posted life? that just today being like, this is embarrassing. I post some really dramatic selfies after I get done with my workouts. I probably need to chill with like. <laughs> nah, don't chill. Don't chill. Because nah, that's what people need to understand. It's dramatic working out at the highest level. That is dramatic. I've been working out like that. Tell me what a day in the life is like with you. Like, how do you train for the Olympics? Yeah. Well, first of all, um, for track and field, the Olympics is everything. Like, I know it's for a lot of people, it's a big deal, but like for track and field, that's all we have basically. Like yeah. we don't have Super Bowl or anything, like that's everything for us. Um, and so mm -hmm. for you to say like, I haven't gone to the Olympics, like you've done so many amazing things in your sport. <laughs> Thank you. You don't need the Olympics, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it is, it is funny. It's every, only every four years. And obviously last year we couldn't have, um, 2020 we couldn't have it because of COVID so we're hoping to have it this summer uh, still in Tokyo in 2021 but you know typically it's only every four years which is kind of wild to think about like something that you look yeah because do you train for the whole four years I mean I feel like yeah. that I say this all the time about I have so many questions okay so first let me ask do you like in the four-year span let's say the Olympics ended today and this is this one and then you have four years until this one so like, what is that? Yeah. Like, how do you, how? I know. I love your enthusiasm, your excitement. It's so great. <laughs> um, yeah, so we actually, we do have world championships every other year. Um, in okay. between those Olympics, you know, we have world championships outdoors and world championships indoors every other year. We also have okay. um, a circuit of races called the Diamond League Series, and they're hmm. mostly in Europe. There's one in the U.S. in Eugene, Oregon, um, but they have them in, like, Rabat, Morocco, and Shanghai, and London, and Paris, and Zurich, wow. and you know, they're all over. So, um, and those are really elite level races too, all summer with some pretty good prize money. So, you so can you have you things know, that you're actually yeah. doing in between that time. There's that's good to know. So, nuggets, you know, <laughs> okay, that's good because we don't like, you know, as the casual fan, like right. to your point, we know about the Olympics and we know about like some of the other big ones, but. Like the Olympics is the big thing. Exactly. And so let's just say training today, what would tra like, what's today look like sure. for just a training day? Sure. So right now I'm in Flagstaff, Arizona, which is about 7,000 feet of altitude. So skinny air, um, hard Ooh. to breathe. Sometimes I've been here for like seven weeks, so I'm doing pretty good right now. But sometimes even if I talk too much, I'm like, like I lost really? my breath. <laughs> it's like Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes wow. we go to Colorado Springs. Um, to, there's an Olympic yeah. training center in Colorado Springs, but with COVID they've had to not let visitors mm. come in for like shorter periods. Anyone who lives there obviously can stay there, but they don't allow people to come in for like camps because of, so they're COVID. almost so, bubbling it up in there. Like just yeah. like, keep it. Okay. Totally. And I, my home base is in Portland, so I would just go there to visit. So just for now, they weren't allowing that, which was fine. Totally understandable. So um, I came out to Flagstaff. A lot of runners come up here to train. Lots of dirt roads, lots of, you know, beautiful places to just get in a lot of miles um, at, like I said, about 7,000 feet of altitude. So the point there being that you train at high altitude um, and your body gets used to that. We've been here for like six or seven weeks now. Um, and your body gets used to that and it actually creates more red blood cells, um, in order to bring oxygen to all your muscles. 
And then when you get back down to sea level, you have all this extra oxygen. You're a superwoman. Listen, <laughs> listen, oxygen I'm, because I'm trained in college. I've trained in Colorado at the USA Olympic, um, you know what I mean? Like the, the place, like I've trained yeah, there for the 16 and under and the 17 under, it's no joke. Like yeah. when she's talking about that altitude, like I, like it really <laughs> makes you feel like, like you might have asthma, but you don't have asthma, but it's yeah. like your chest feels yeah. heavy. The altitude is, I'm just letting people know the altitude you it really like is no. headache from training, yes. like your head hurts. Yeah, it's no joke. But it's honestly it's so worth it because when you get down to sea level, you feel like a monster. It's so nice. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) So how many miles do you run? Like, like what is that? Like, do you run a certain amount? Sure. So like a typical day, I run. Like this morning, I ran kind of longer. Um, It's literally called a long run, and you do a long run once a week. Um, So Mm -hmm. this morning, I ran 15 miles. But usually in the morning, I run like nine or 10. Um, <laughs> or if we go to the track, I do like a three mile warm up and then maybe like anywhere from like a two to sometimes an eight mile workout and then a three mile oh cool down. So it could be like a 14 mile day on the track sometimes. And then sometimes oh in the afternoon, I do a second run, which is like three or four miles, maybe five miles as a double. I know you lying. So, I run like 80, around 80 miles a week when everything's going well and I'm healthy and training, you know. Crazy. I mean, because look, okay, so I'm a basketball player. When we have to run, it's a punishment. Like I need the basketball. I want to shoot. I want to do so many different things. But I can't do that. Like these don't work like that. So this is all I have is my legs. That's all I got. (laughs) And you get in like, so, oh my gosh. So how, okay. I, how does your body feel? Like, I mean, are you just used to running like 14? I mean, I sure you're used to it, but like, I get sore after practices still. And I play basketball every day or like, are you like extremely sore or is your body just all the way adjusted? I'm always sore. I feel like I never okay. go into a workout feeling like I feel really good. The only time I, I feel like I feel fresh. I feel good is like when we go to race, cause we take a couple down days, let the body like truly recover and rest so that your legs feel like snappier. But there's yeah. most days I'm going to workouts and I'm just like, I don't feel good, but it's amazing what your body can do. Like even when you yeah. don't warm up and you're like, uh, I feel like trash today. And then you go out there and you're like, well, like, I got it done. You know, I, I no, I think that's the best feeling. That's the best feeling. Like I've been to practice before and like, it's like, you know, those days where you just kind of wake up and you're like, Oh, I don't really have it today. Like you just feel tired. Yeah. Yeah, All of that. And then you go to practice and you might like actually have like a dope practice and a good practice. Like it makes you feel so proud of yourself. I don't know what it's something about that. Like when you don't feel like it, but you crush it, it makes you feel proud of yourself. Now, I, I always wondered this for runners, because with basketball, like if I miss a shot, let's say I can go back down to the court, make a play, come back, make another play. But when it comes to like runners, you guys like you get your one shot. Like, how <laughs> is that? Is it? I mean, you train so long and it's this one shot. Like, what is that thought process like? Yeah, especially when you think about something like the Olympic Games, it's only every four years and our trials are a one day event. Like it's a, it's one race that decides your fate. Are you on the team or are you not? And so my race is about nine minutes long. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, within, I mean, and that's kind of a long race. If you think about like the hundred, they're running yeah. for like 10 seconds and it's like it, within 10 seconds, 
like you're either on the team or you're not. The difference between first and sixth is like nothing. And so I think a lot of people just underestimate um, the importance of your mental game. And a lot of people yeah. don't really think about that with running, but mental health and just working on the mental side of, of your sport yeah. um, is often overlooked, but I think is so important. And it's something that you can do that doesn't take, it's not more training, right? It's not like exhausting in the way that running is. So you can do it in yep. your downtime. You can only run for so many hours a day. Like your body is going to max out, you know, at a certain point. I don't know. So You're running 80 <laughs> miles a week. Like, I mean, I don't know. I would have thought that that's the max out <laughs> point. So downtime. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. So you talked about mental health and I'm glad yeah. you brought that up because you do a lot of dope things that just don't involve track. Like you have uh, fast braid Friday is it? Yeah. Tell me about fast braid Friday. I love your braids, by the way. You're rocking them. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> um, I should have braided my hair for this, but I can braid it right now. I watched one of them. I hopped in your Instagram live one time and I watched it. It's dope. Like, tell people what you do. Yeah. So fast braid Friday is all about doing something on the outside, like with your hair that could be seen as like superficial, like it's just hair, right? But. Uh -huh. For anyone who's in a sport, anyone who, you know, deals with like confidence or anything, you know that something as simple as what you wear or putting on like a little bit of makeup or doing your hair or having like a special routine before you go is really wow. important to just standing on the line, getting ready for your race, feeling like, you know, like I got this, like confident, yeah. shoulders cut up, like I'm ready to rock this. I've been preparing, you know, I've worked my ass off for this and I, like, I want to go kill it. And so for me, usually before I race, I spend like sometimes 15 or 20 minutes um, doing my hair in like a cool braid style. And that is a way that I prepare. I do it for workouts too. That's a way that I prepare mentally for something that I know is going to be really challenging, really hard, really painful. And it's just a reminder to me that like, I got my, you know, my fast braids in and I look good, feel good. Um, I mean, you thing, just so. did it right there. Like, you gotta show us how you fast braid. Okay, I like that. And then so you <laughs> done a lot of fast. I like I that so much, but it's actually dope. Feel fast. <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. And it's a cool concept. It's almost like a, a crutch. Like this is your routine. This is what kind of gets you into your thing. And then you also, yeah. you know, there was a time period when we were looking for allies. When I say we, I mean, just the community, the black and brown yeah. community, just everyone was looking for allyship and you became one. You shared your mic. And, and if people don't know what sharing the mic is, it's basically you give up your platform to allow someone else that may not have as large of a platform, get, let their voice be heard, amplify their message. Tell me about whose mic you shared with. Yeah, I shared the mic with a friend of mine, Chiaka Abogu. She's a... Um, she's on the u.s team for volleyball so totally different sport um yeah. but just a total badass and she wears her hair in braids a lot too actually so we have to talk about that but um yeah she doesn't have you know as much of a following and uh, as i do and i just felt like it's hard for me to ignore the fact that a lot of my followers probably follow me because either i look like them or because society has decided, and this goes back to like a lot of the modeling stuff too. Like for some reason, society has decided that blonde hair and blue eyes and white skin is desirable. And so, you know, 
I didn't do anything to be born that way. Like my parents got together and did their thing and then I was here. And so I just <laughs> feel like, it, you know, it just felt like, well, I didn't do anything to kind of like deserve that extra like limelight on me. And so I wanted, um, I saw people doing the share the mic thing. I thought it would be a cool opportunity for me to, you know, shed the light um, that's kind of been on me on someone else who's also working her ass off and doing really amazing things and might just not get as much credit as she deserves for that. Um, so I, we're actually going live again on Sunday um, to do a little like recovery thing, me and Chiaka. So everyone should check that out. I don't know when this comes out, but we're gonna get yeah. together um, in a few days. So she's great. No, I um, love and then, that. Actually, I'll, I'll shout out my sweatshirt that I'm wearing. Um, it's called, it, it's Inspire Her. So it's kind of like a play on Inspire her as a female um and it is made by two young girls of color who are I think they're like around 14 they're sisters um and they have their own merch line it's called it's but that 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 hoodie is lit though I'm just talking about design wise and everything it's like actually really nice I know <laughs> they're like young girls like younger than high school um it's just wow. two sisters they have t-shirts they have and it's not just this slogan they have all kinds of other like things that um you can put on them and they have different colors t-shirts sweatshirts like all kinds of swag um and so yeah I found them on Instagram and I pump them every chance I get because I just I love that they're totally fearless in their yeah. goals to like be entrepreneurs and um yeah I love to support that so uh, it's I love that. Okay, so there's something else that you're passionate about. It's food. I just read that somewhere yeah. that you're passionate about food. So tell me, what is your passion? Are you a cooker or do you just, are you a, a food connoisseur? You like to taste new things? What is it about food? Like, what are you into? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm into so many things. Like I'm all over the place in my interest, I like it. Definitely definitely food is one of them um my alter ego is chef colleen so whenever i post food stuff i call myself chef colleen <laughs> but i love cooking i even have an apron that says it um and i have some videos on my instagram of like stuff that i like to cook but i mostly cook i'm not as much of a baker my sister is the baker but i like to cook as you cook you get to have more flexibility like a little bit of this let's try this let's try that and when you bake, so you don't follow recipes, you, you just cook off the dome. No, I do follow recipes, but then if it's like, oh, I don't have that ingredient or like, I really like this instead, then, you know, I, I'm pretty loose with the recipes usually. Okay. Okay. okay I like yeah, that. So fun. I actually studied, so, I actually studied. No, I was going to say that. Yeah, no, so go say that. Cause I was yeah. going to ask that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where the passion I think comes. Well, I think the passion actually comes from like when I grew up, my parents definitely had a big emphasis on nutrition and just like overall health. We had a garden in the backyard. Um, I lived in the city of St. Louis and we had chickens in the backyard. So like no one in the city of St. Louis owns chickens, but my family did. Um, and so, yeah, I think just growing up, my parents instilled that uh, with me, just that like we you know, we prepare food together and we eat food together and it tastes better that way. And it fuels your body and you feel more energetic. Like you feel better when you eat that way. And so that's just how I grew up. And I like, I thought that was normal. And then I like got to college and I realized that my roommates did lots of like frozen food and like, you know, lots of takeout and lots of things that you just add water and you have a meal. And I was like, 
whoa, like, no, no, no. Like, we didn't know. And so, yeah, I think that's kind of where I was like, oh, what I kind of took for granted, not everyone, you know, really gets. And so I wanted to kind of spread that and help share that, you know, passion and that knowledge about food and nutrition that is easy. And it's not like dieting and it's not, you know, forcing yourself to eat things that you don't like. And I'm like, not, I'm not about that at all, but just about like eating foods that fuel you and make you feel good and, and not, um, not looking for just like the quickest thing and like the easiest thing, but stuff that like, maybe it takes 20 or 30 minutes to make a meal but it makes you feel really good and it fuels you and helps you recover and get ready for your next workout. Absolutely. You're preaching to the choir here. I do understand that as well. Just any professional athlete understands like what you put in your yeah. body, you get out. And so we're coming closer now to the Olympics. Hopefully, like we talked about this year, it really will happen. <laughs> so what are you looking forward to? Like what, like what's the feeling leading up to the Olympics this year? Yeah, it is weird. Cause like, we did the whole, it's an Olympic year, 2020, 2020 vision. <laughs> like, ah, we did that already. And so it feels kind of redundant to like <laughs> do it all again. Um, plus there just feels like there's so much more going on in our world now that like the Olympics are important, but I think it's also good to just have some perspective and, you know, have uh, kind of a, just a realization that like, there's a lot of people who are sick and a lot of people who are suffering and, that is obviously, it just feels more important than like going out, you know, for the Olympic games. I think a lot of times the Olympics can feel like the world is coming together and it's like a celebration and, you know, it feels like, I don't know, it just feels, it's just like really warm, fuzzy feeling. Um, but it is really hard to kind of ignore all the issues that are going on. So um, one thing that I kind of have been really passionate about or, or excited about with this Olympics is that I've been on the USA, the Team USA, make sure I get this right, the Committee for Racial and Social Justice, I think is the oh, official title. Um, and I'm on the protest and demonstration um, part of that committee. So we're talking about- and so what does that do? Yeah, so we're talking about Rule 50, which is a rule in the Olympic Charter that doesn't allow athletes to do any kind of protesting in the Olympic space. So they really want the Olympics to be this like neutral ground where you can't use your voice to like say anything. So hmm. um, you could not, for example, stand on the podium. If you had won a medal at the Olympics, you would not be able to stand on the podium, like raise a fist or- uh, no, no, no. Yeah, you couldn't do that. anything like that. Um, or you could be punished, you could get your medal stripped, you know, there's all these things that you could be suspended. Um, and there are athletes who have done that at the Olympics or at like Pan Am Games, um, which is another kind of um, international co uh, competition. And they have suffered cons consequences like that, like being put on probation, mm. for example. Um, so recently we made some good progress and Team USA has decided that as a country, um, they will not punish any athlete who decides to um, to make a statement that is not offensive. So you That's can't stand big. up there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So you can't stand up there and do like a Nazi symbol or anything like that. That's not allowed. Mm -hmm. But if you were to mm -hmm. do something that represented a minority group or an underprivileged group, like that would be protected. So you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't see any um, retribution from Team USA. Now that's not a global rule. So the next step would be to get that done at 
somewhere like a bigger stage like the Olympics, where the Olympic Committee would protect athletes from kind of in that same way, which we haven't gotten there yet, but feels like we're making steps. And at least now we know we have Team USA on our, you know, on our side and they've got our back, which, um, which feels really good. No, that's, that's huge. Like, cause I knew that the Olympic had, the Olympics had even came out with a statement. I remember when it happened, like saying that, you know, we're not going to accept any protest or anything of that nature. So that's awesome to hear that the U S has decided that we will allow it as far as our athletes are concerned, but yeah. what happens on the bigger stage, we can't control. Now, do you yeah. anticipate like people doing protests? I mean, this is a Coming off of year 2020, where there was so much civil unrest, do, yes. do pe a lot of people anticipate protests this Olympics? I think so. Um, I think definitely at the trials, since now we know that, you know, at the Olympic trials, that's that's on our turf. Um, and so Team USA will allow that. I think we'll definitely see a lot of people on the podium, whether that's like a, a pin, a special pin, or some kind of, um, you know, something that they wear or a hand symbol, something um, to just, or taking a, a, a knee and kneeling, something to show their solidarity and show like, this is a big moment for me, but I want to use that moment to tell mm -hmm you know, to like really amplify something that a cause that I care about and, and really show what my true colors are and not just stand there and, you know, let the anthem play and like have that be it. Like a lot of, I think a lot of athletes will want to do more than that and use that moment because, you know, honestly, like the day-to-day, -day, the training, the hard work, like all that stuff, no one really sees that. And everyone's right. looking, there's only a few certain times in an athlete's career where everyone's eyes are on you. And I think a lot of people, myself included, are like, what do you want to do with that moment? Should that moment come? And, and getting on the podium is not a foregone conclusion by any means, but like, were that moment to happen, I think it's important to think about if I get that opportunity what do I want to do with it? Because in the moment, you don't have that much time to figure yeah. out what you want. To, you have to have a plan, you know, and ahead of time and like hope for the best. And if it doesn't happen, of course, like you, you'll have to find another way, um, whether that's in interviews and in media or, you know, there's so many other ways to do it also. But that is a big opportunity when everyone's eyes are on you and looking at you and like, what do you want to say in that moment? So do you have a plan? Are you going to say anything in that moment? Have you like thought that out? Are you still planning it? Yeah. So I've made the team since 2015. I've made the team every summer um, to go to either the Olympics or world champs, whatever like it was that summer. Um, and so I, I plan, I hope to be on the podium again this year um, and make the team for, uh, for Tokyo. And I haven't decided what it's going to be yet, but I 100% want to show my solidarity and support. And I don't know if that's going to be kneeling or there could be something this, the same three women always make the team in the steeplechase in my event so I think it would be really powerful if all three of us were all three white blonde girls which is kind of ridiculous that we like look we all like kind of look the same it's kind of creepy oh my God. Um, but I think it would be, <laughs> I think it would be really cool um if the three of us did something together and kind of instead of like one of the three of us doing something like I'm going to communicate with the other two women Emma uh it's Emma Coburn and Courtney Fricks and I we always make the team so I think it would be really powerful if the three of us came together and decided what we wanted to do um together and just all you know all do it I think that would be more powerful and then you know um, no one is made to feel like, oh, I didn't know you had that plan and I didn't do anything. And now I feel weird. Like 
just avoid that full scenario. No, I love that. There's strength in unity as well. And I think it sends a a powerful message. I mean, we've seen sports leagues now, the NBA as a collective, because of what happened in Milwaukee, the whole NBA shut down. And then the WNBA shut and it became a trickle effect. So I love, love, love everything you're doing. Honestly, like even just, we met via DM and then I just started to see how you move (laughs) and what you do. And I love it. Like you are what is an ally should look like. You're what an ally should look like. And I'm happy that we have you as an ally. And I want to say good luck, good luck, good luck in the Olympics this upcoming summer. I know you guys are going to kill. You will be back on that podium. And thank you for joining me here on, on Remotely, thank Renee. Thank you. Oh, my God. It means the world to me that you even asked me to come on. I've been following you forever and look up to you so much. And I didn't even say this, but congratulations on your retirement. It's been like a week thank and you. a half now, two weeks. <laughs> I don't know. If <laughs> Has it been that long? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Has it even set in yet? Like, do you feel retired or how are you feeling? Man, I feel way busier retired than I was when I was a player for sure. But no, I I enjoy it. It's like, you know, it's different because like I've been an athlete since I was like five. And so my whole life revolved around working out, eating, like, you know, the whole everything you're talking about, my whole life revolved around that. So it's different to be like, you know what, I'll just eat this just because I can right now. And I'm going to right now. So I'm enjoying that part of it for sure. What do you eat when you you can eat whatever you want? What do you eat? Cheesecake factory, pineapple upside down cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory. I've been tearing those up. It is so bad, but it's just like it's like okay, I just have one. I have like one. I have like two a week. It's so ridiculous. So oh my god, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I've never had that. (laughs) I didn't know that was good. (laughs) it's so good I highly recommend it it's what my family gets every year for my birth it's usually like my birthday treat but now it's become like my year around every day is my birthday now that I'm retired I guess that's so good that's what you have to look forward to in case you ever want to go back to modeling after the Olympics are finished you might not be able to enjoy what I'm enjoying right now You could go back to modeling, obviously, but man, like, I'm so excited for you because I just love seeing, like, you, you shine from the inside out, just so you know, so it's not just the blonde blue, like, you shine, and so I love what you do by giving other people your platform and just being there, so yeah, I wish you nothing but the best, you USA, you USA, like, I'm like, I'm gonna stand out. Thank you, I appreciate that. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, 
Our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.